Hello and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. I am AP. He is Willie Trey Wheeler. We are back again and we're just going to go right into it. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is something that we talked about last time and it just kind of got worse. So we're going to talk about Zach Wilson. And after the debacle that was that press conference and him taking absolutely no accountability, the team made the decision that they were going to bench him for Mike White. And good decision. Like, he couldn't come back out there. And there's nothing wrong with, like, making that decision. Like, you want to – at that point, Zach Wilson was just, like, he's young – you don't necessarily want to like put him back out there after having played poorly, which the awkward thing for me personally was he played poorly against Bill Belichick in the span of a few weeks. Like it was a really bad span of a couple of weeks, but it just, it was weird. Like I'm, I am at no point saying that he should not have been benched. He has not played well over the course of this season and even over the course of last season. But it's a really awkward thing that he goes out there and leads his team to a win against Green Bay. He leads his team to a win against Denver. Granted, in both of those games, he did not throw for more than 125 yards and did not record a touchdown. So it's it's not good. It's not good. But, hey, those are two wins. He then has the first game against New England where he threw for 355 yards, but he had – and had two touchdowns, but three interceptions and went 20 of 41. But the following week, literally seven days later, he leads his team to a win over Buffalo. And then two weeks later, after a bye week, you play New England again and go nine of 22 for 77 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but you only muster three points and you just don't look good. So they, they, it, it was weird to me because it was like, it was Bill. Like, Bill Belichick know, is very, very good at beating the AFC East. Unless the teams are just really, really good, which the Jets, for having a good record, aren't a really, really good team overall. Bill has been on the record, and we've seen him beat the AFC East. So, like, you – it, I feel like it was kind of unfair to use it as a measuring stick, but you can't have that game and then go out and say what you did and get to keep your job as a starter. The worst part of it was you got benched against a team that was going to, like, play – it was going to be another easy game for you. There's no reason why Zach Wilson couldn't have gone out there and won that game against the Bears, but they benched him. And Mike White came in and dominated. And so 
at this point, like they can't go back to Zach Wilson. Mike White really didn't he didn't have a great game against the Vikings, but in two games this year, he's thrown for over 300 yards both times. Against the Vikings, he had 369, but he had those two interceptions. If I'm not mistaken, one of them was a tip. The other one was he's trying to force something at the end of the game to win the game. You don't like that interception, but it's not one that you, like, harp on as he's trying to win the game. Um, But their offense looks so much better. Garrett Wilson is involved. Elijah Moore is involved. When they get Brees Hall back next year, like, for all intents and purposes, they have their quarterback. He's just not necessarily a great quarterback. What are your thoughts on the situation, Willie? Well, like we talked about previously, I told you Zach Wilson was garbage. He's turned out to be such. Okay, so wait. Let, let's stop. I just – I feel like – People need to understand that when you say garbage, you don't mean that they're a bad player in general. Like there are people who you say are garbage and they're actually bad players. But in that same token, there are people that you don't actually think are garbage. But you your definition of garbage is is different. So can you explain what you mean? Okay. Okay. Garbage, when I call somebody garbage, it is relative to what they're being asked to do. One such example, Daniel Jones. Dude is garbage. Why is he garbage? Because he got picked at six. Had you told me Daniel Jones got picked in the third round by the Giants, I would have a totally different perspective. Because when he came out, I thought he was a third-round quarterback at best. You got pick number six. Dude is garbage. Mr. Trubisky. I told Mr. Trubisky, he's not a bad player. He deserves a spot as a backup in the NFL. But being pick number two, no, dude is garbage. Now, an example of somebody I think that's just a bad player and I don't know why he's in the league at all, Nathan Peterman. Dude is garbage all the way around, no matter what the expectation level is. Gotta love the Peterman. Gotta love the Peterman. (laughs) Gotta love the Peterman. So that is somebody that I think should just shouldn't be in the league at all. Just no, no, no. He got, he got, the fact he still has a job is confusing. It is very confusing. So when I say somebody is garbage, it's relative to what they're asked to do. Relative to what they're asked to do and what they were drafted for. Jimmy G is not a bad football player, but he's garbage for what they're asking him to do. Because they're asking him to win the Super Bowl. He ain't win no Super Bowl. Ain't happening. It's not. But that's what I mean by garbage. Zach Wilson is teetering on that line of you don't need to be in the league due to the press conference. Your play was all I expected you to play bad. Like, 
I didn't think you was good coming out. I, I didn't. That's just me. And for him to come out and say what he said, the press conference is what got him benched. The play, he probably had one more bad week left in him before the leaders of the team will, will be like, hey, coaches, lead the room. But that press conference, like you stated before, the press conference is what got him out of there. And unfortunately for him, if I'm the Jets, if you want to keep this locker room, you can never go back to him again unless Mike White gets injured. You can never go to him again. You're almost better off releasing him or trying to trade him. You can never go back to him again. I don't care how much improvement or quote-unquote maturity that he has shown during the offseason. He can't go back to that locker room. He can go somewhere else and be a backup because that's about all he's going to be. He can do that, but he can't go back in that Jets locker room. Oh, no. Oh, no. He can't go back there and start. No. He can sit there like he did with his hoodie on in the rain, and just stare, just look lost, and think about what could have been. No. He's done far as a New York Jet, far as I'm concerned. In fact, soon as I think the New Year League, the new league year hits, I think in March, I think it's officially in March, I would trade him like, if it's if the New Year starts March 1, March 2nd, I'm trading him. He got to go. He got to go. I mean, I think the biggest problem that they'll have with moving on from him, you're, you're very – what you said is very true. He can't be the quarterback anymore. And that's sad because for all intents and purposes, from a skill level, he does seem to have the attributes that you want. He just doesn't have the – he's not ready to be a NFL quarterback, which I'm, I'm going to say something about that later. Um, but what has happened is they've gone to someone who the team believes in, and that is infinitely – more important like at the end of the day when it comes to sports like football where they are so reliant on each other you look at it and you're like they believe in him they believe in mike white they don't believe in zach wilson as long as mike white has that belief from the team it doesn't matter what else happens they're going to go out and play as hard as they can for him it's one of the things that I say about coaches. Like one of the biggest things that has I've always seen happen is organizations tank. Players don't. Coaches don't. And we've seen multiple times over the course of the past decade where with the Jets and the Dolphins, where the Jets played hard for Todd Bowles, and they did everything to have the success that they did. That's how they ended up with Sam Darnold. 
was they played hard enough because they they believed in their coach to play themselves out of that number one position, even though the organization had a fire sale and got rid of everyone they could to try and tank. But the team didn't because they believed in tie balls. The Dolphins, same situation. They got rid of everything they could to try and tank for Tua, which oddly enough, they still ended up getting Tua, but they had Brian Flores and he was like, no, we're going out there to win. And they played themselves right out of that number one pick. And so if the team believes in their coach, their quarterback, whoever it is, that's who they're going to play the hardest for. When you look at what happened with Zach Wilson, there is no belief that that team is going to go out and try and play as hard for him as they actually could. So what do you do? You have to go away from him. And if they if they are going to believe in Mike White, that's your quarterback, and you can't go back. Mike White would have to have the worst possible game, which, I mean, throwing for two interceptions and no touchdowns, you would think, oh, well, he didn't play that well. But he put up 369 yards and had them in that game. And that's all anybody really wants. Like, Greeny is the biggest Jets fan that I have ever seen. And he was very adamant about the fact that he was disappointed in the loss. But he was at no point sad. He was okay with the performance that he saw. Because at the end of the day, generally, people don't necessarily – you don't have to win every game. We just want to feel like you tried. And it looks like the Jets have the quarterback that the team believes in. Kind of similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can agree with that. Most most fans, they would – it depends on how the team is built and constructed. Like a team like the Lions and the Jets playing hard, that's okay. You just don't want to get blown out like my Cowboys did the Colts. Um you don't want that to happen. Other teams like the Chiefs know you expect to win every game. Literally every game. But no, Greeny, like you said, biggest Jets fan, understands the situation his team is in. Go out there and play hard. Mike White would be fine, I believe. Um, they're going to have a decision to make on him. Either I don't know when this contract is up. I don't know if it's at the end of this season, end of next season. But they're going to have a decision to make. And hopefully Mike White plays himself to actually get a full starting role. Don't continuously pass over him like Washington's deal with Taylor Heineke, even though it seems like they've, they're they going to stick with Taylor Heineke now. I thought they should have did that a while ago. Actually, I thought they should have brought in Carson Wentz, but that's a different story for a different day. But, like, we, I think we can all come to the agreement that Zach Wilson's career with the Jets should be over come March 1. Okay, so since we're here and the assumption is he will no longer, he will not be a Jet come the start of the 23 24 season. Where do you think he goes? Mm. 
Okay. Excellent question. If I am Zach Wilson, if I'm Zach Wilson, I am begging and pleading to go to Tampa Bay. I mean, pleading, send me to Tampa Bay, send me out the conference, send me down there. Do I think, do I think the locker room that strong will accept him? Mm, I don't know. That, that's not a easy locker room to walk in. But if I'm here, if I'm if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm begging and pleading to go to Tampa Bay. Please send me there. Please send me there. Good weather, team ain't it ain't it's not a bad team. You got some pieces there. You're in a division that's winnable. But yeah, I would I would try to go in the, the if ironically when I brought up the division, I just thought about the Saints. One of them two places. That's where I'm trying to go. That's a good one. That that's a really good one. Um, I would agree with that. I would I would toss my name in for I mean, you might as well like what is hilarious is any of those NFC South teams function well. <laughs> Um, any of those teams. Here's one, and it's funny because I heard Cowherd mention Jordan Love for this team next year. I was like, mm, nah, yeah, I don't see that. I don't because I don't think Jordan Love is that very good of quarterback. Um, Seahawks. They got their quarterback. They got theirs. Geno finna get an extension. But here's the thing. You go to the Seahawks. You back up Geno. Gino, you looking for him to be a backup. See, no, I'm gonna no, no, no. I'm saying if you go, if he goes to the Seahawks and they stick with Geno. But he gets to he he sits behind Gino for another year, learns in what seems to be a good system. I still like. I'm trying not to go off on a tangent, but I'm I'm going to just hit this real quick. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that the issues with Russell Wilson when it came to Seattle were a function of what Russ wanted, but also where Pete Carroll wanted to go and how things functioned. At the end of the day, Geno Smith is a whole lot more compliant with what Pete Carroll wants to do because Geno Smith is like, I ain't really got no other choice. I'm just here to make like, I just got to try and make the thing work where I can and make make good on what I can. That's all he can really do. Russ was in a position where he was good enough to, to have and have a desire to have some pushback on what Pete Carroll wanted to do. And Pete Carroll really wanted, 
Pete Carroll's system was not really good and didn't function well for what Russ wanted to do. Like they did a horrible job together when things panned out. And so I honestly feel like it works well for Gina. But I don't feel like the system is so great and wonderful and it it is flourished so much because Russ is gone and Russ was the only problem. No, it was a bad system. It's just functioning better when you have a quarterback who ain't going to buck the system because he doesn't have the clout to buck the system. But if you put most starting quarterbacks in that position and ran the team the way that Pete Carroll ran it while Russell Wilson was there, most of them would have a problem with it. And so they have the system that Geno is functioning well in. If you, if Zach Wilson goes there, plays, ends up backing up Geno for a year. Geno has what, two or three, if that many years left? I give him four. Okay, you, you give him four. But you, Zach Wilson, go and say, I feel like I can beat out Geno Smith for this job. I'm not giving you the opportunity to. Oh, I believe I believe and understand why you wouldn't give him the opportunity to. But he requests to go there, sit back, learn, and grow, because at the end of the day, I'm not saying Pete Carroll is a bad coach, and I do feel like he can learn and grow in that system. You would be ready built like one in the time when Gino is done, you step up, and if you've grown the way that you should, you can be the quarterback there. Um, the other option that I think I don't know if he could succeed there because it's – I don't know if this coach would deal with him well, but the Lions, I would love to see him with Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell get all off in him because that would, like, you're not going – Dan Campbell came at Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is nowhere near what <laughs> Zach Wilson is supposed to do, and he came at Jared Goff. So he might push Zach Wilson to be what he want, what he needed him to be. Dan Campbell, this is just my belief. Dan Campbell would do one of two things. He would either make Zach Wilson a potential pro bowler or he would get or he would be out of the league dealing with Dan Campbell. Because like you said, Dan Campbell's gonna get all in his stuff. All in it. And I don't know if Zach Wilson has ever had that. I don't know his background. He fits from the eye test a certain mode of background that he comes from, and accountability with that sort of background don't mix well, i.e. the press conference. Yeah, and I mean, if the rumors are true, you don't have a level of accountability when you sleep with your mom's best friend. Yeah. And so, that, like that never gets addressed. Like there's a there's a level of accountability that just ain't there. But that 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 one shows like, great, darn it, don't wrong. I think Dan Campbell be good for him, but I think for the Lions, um, you might want to prepare to take one of the quarterbacks that's coming down the draft, 
which of course later on down the line we'll talk about and I'll let you know who's garbage. Because uh, there's one person in particular that is garbage in my opinion. Complete, utter garbage. Both definitions of garbage. But we'll get to that at a later date. And the, like, I feel bad for the Lions because in that same way that I was talking about earlier about players, teams believing in coaches and playing harder, they have played themselves out of the lower draft picks and they're not going to be able to really do anything. Best case scenario, best case scenario, they trade up with Seattle to get that Denver pick and they're going to have to give up a haul for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that. Like, it, it's weird. I, I don't know what they're going to do because, like, Seattle doesn't need the, the pick. But Detroit's picks aren't necessarily good. And for all intents and purposes, if you look at what they have now, if you trade for a quality rookie quarterback, with that team, he's probably still going to put you in a position where next year's draft pick ain't going to be that good either. It'll be middle of the pack, which isn't necessarily bad, but you don't necessarily want a middle of the pack draft pick next year. No, you don't. But fortunately, this class, this quarterback class, is a, it got some depth to it. It got some depth to it. I'll say that. So we've talked about Zach Wilson. Next, we're going to get into other quarterbacks. So this week, Baker Mayfield was released by the Panthers and picked up on waivers by the Rams. We are recording this on Thursday. There's a very real chance that Baker plays tonight in the game against the Raiders. Yeah, the the game against the Raiders tonight, um, there's a chance that Baker plays. Um, I didn't really hear much of why they released Baker. It was a really weird situation from my point of view um, because, granted, he didn't play well this year. I said at the beginning of the year, like, and at every point when the Browns were trying to get rid of him, Carolina was not a good situation. Baker is the type of quarterback who needs things around him to be going well. Nothing about the Panthers was going to go well. So sending him there and trying to make it out like he was going to have success was a bad idea. Nothing about that situation was going to work. So I don't know why he got the flag that he did for not having success. He didn't play well. I am not absolving him for playing very, very poorly. It wasn't a good situation. Um, and so, Willie, did you hear anything about why they released? It was just like the, the Panthers are releasing Baker Mayfield. And it was like, but, like, I get that Sam Darnold played well against the Broncos, but – like, P.J. Walker came in and played for those few games where Baker was hurt, and then P.J. Walker got benched because he was playing so poorly, and Baker came in and did all right. 
you started Sam Darnold for this one game and he played well, but like I, I just I didn't understand the release. Did you hear anything? Absolutely not. I have not. I don't know why he got released. Granted, I also wasn't surprised he got released. I wasn't. It's Baker. I I really I don't but to answer your question directly, no. I I did not hear a particular reason why he was released. Granted, I don't even believe in keeping three quarterbacks on my 53-man roster. I don't. So, like you said, P.J. had one good game, then he fell off. Sam Darnold, meh. I think, honestly, I wonder if, like you, what you hinted at earlier, organizations tank, players don't. Baker might have, as this going to sound, Baker might have given them, quote unquote, the best chance to win, as we talked about in the last segment. The quarterback class, like I said, it has some depth to it. And so you don't want to play yourself out of a out of position to get a potential franchise quarterback. So we let go of Baker. We keep losing. We finally get our guy. Hopefully they can build around him, get a coach in. I don't, I highly doubt. Their interim will stay there next year. So they have to do a coaching search again. And they can get the quarterback and the coach step-in-step, hand-in-hand, together, that way they can go forward for the next decade. Probably that's the long-term plan. And Baker did not fit in that plan uh, whatsoever because Baker probably still thinks he's a starter in this league. And tonight probably won't help because I'm willing to bet by – we'll probably get an alert from ESPN at 6.30 saying that Baker will start. Willie, what happened to Matt Corral? I forgot. What? Wait a minute. Oh, shoot. What? <laughs> Where'd he go? He got drafted by the Panthers. No, I know that, but after that, where'd he go? Did he fall for playing? What happened to him? Is he on the practice squad or something? Where'd he go? I don't know where he went. Corral will miss the 2022 season because of a Liz Frank injury suffered during the preseason. Brad, do they have their quarterback already? Like quarterback of the future? I, I, I don't think Matt Corral is going to fit the bill. Okay, so this plays perfectly into the tangent that I want to go off on. So, one I'm, of the, I'm, I'm ready uh, for this. So, one of the things that was said multiple times over the course of the past week when it came to Baker was we need to stop looking at where these players are drafted and look at their body of work. And that'll be the determining factor of like, just because they're drafted in the first round, we don't need to like look at them as so talented and they get so many opportunities. And although that is very true, I think the thing that is not taken well enough account of is we have created a, the NFL has created a system where you have to draft a quarterback early. And if you do not, you're failing. Keep going. I'm just listening. And that has caused so many problems. 
Here, Baker is one of the best examples of that. When we honestly look at that draft class where Baker went one, Sam Darnold went two, Josh Rosen went, no, Josh Allen went three, Josh Rosen went four, and Lamar was the last quarterback picked in that draft in that first round at 32. So he's basically a second rounder. When we look at what actually happened with them and what we thought that day, me and you talked the day before when we first heard that Baker was probably going to be the number one pick. And it was like, nah, you're not going to do that. Baker's not the best quarterback of these uh, five. He he is at best four if you want to say that he's better than Lamar Jackson, but he's not better than Lamar Jackson. But at the time, we said he's not better than Sam Darnold. He's not better than Josh Rosen. He's not better than Josh Allen. Neither of us thought that they would actually draft him number one until they actually did. But what happens is we judge Baker on being the number one pick, although at the time, no one thought of him as the number one pick. Honestly, Baker played himself into being a day one guy, but if you had not selected him until day two, no one would be upset about it. This year, the 2022 draft, was the first time in years that I honestly felt like teams made the right decisions when it came to where they drafted quarterbacks. Matt Corral went in the third round. That's a good place for him. There's nothing wrong with not overreaching for quarterbacks, but it keeps happening. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are another good example of two quarterbacks who got selected one and two because it was like, oh, we got to get our quarterback. We got to get our quarterback. No, you don't. In the way that you said that you don't think Matt Corral could be the option, could be the guy, I feel like he has every right to get the opportunity because just because you pick someone in the first round does not necessarily mean that they should be the starting quarterback. There's nothing wrong with getting good quarterbacks later. Derek Carr, for the struggles he is having this year, was second-round quarterback. Russell Wilson, who arguably has a Hall of Fame career, and despite his struggles over the past two seasons, in his first eight, had one losing season and only had one season outside of the losing season where he went one less than 10 games. I don't even think he did that. I was wrong. Russell Wilson never had a season where he won less than 10 games. He had one season where he won less than 10 games, and he went 9-7 and seven that year. That was the only year his team didn't make the playoffs. So from 2012 to 2020, that third round quarterback only had one less than double digit win season and only had one season where he didn't make the playoffs. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. 
we've put so much emphasis on first round quarterbacks and drafting them high that it's caused so many more problems and so many more instances of misses. Zach Wilson is an excellent example of this. You decided, oh, we, we have to get him early. We have to make sure we get our guy and we get our guy as soon as possible. He's a bust. Trevor Lawrence looks good at times, but there's no reason to think that like he will evolve any further in, into being anything more than a pretty good starting quarterback. Right now, if we look at it, the fourth quarterback taken in that draft looks like the best one, and that's Justin Fields. And so when I think about the way that quarterbacks are treated and the emphasis that are that is put on having success with your quarterback and having to pick a quarterback so high and so early, but we haven't really seen that have much success as of late. Arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, drafted 10. Second best quarterback, Josh Allen, drafted 11th, I think. No, Josh was drafted fifth um Jalen Hurts drafted in the second round MVP candidate Tua is a special case because they all like we all knew how good the Tua was supposed to be the whole point of that season prior to Tua getting drafted was tank for Tua Joe Burrow just burst onto the scene But I get really frustrated when I hear about, oh, we need to evaluate quarterbacks not on the fact that they were first-round picks, but on their body of work. Well, you don't do that with the lesser quarterbacks. You don't judge their body of work and say that they should have been, they should be treated better. It's only when you want to knock first round quarterbacks and say they don't deserve the opportunity because they were drafted first so high. I I honestly agree in general. Like Carson Wentz still has a job and I'm like, stop giving this man money. But the flip of that and what when they like, I know I heard Kimberly Martin and I heard Richard Sherman both say this and I heard it somewhere else. I don't remember where else. One of the reasons that these people have gotten more opportunities is because we've seen them have success. And in the times that we've seen them have success, it's generally the idea that if we put them in the right position, they can have the success again. But what is generally not, what generally doesn't actually happen is what is put around them is success has the capability to be successful. Like with Baker, 
I could see that putting him in Carolina wasn't going to work. But Carolina was like, well, if we get this right and we have the run game with Christian McCaffrey and if he stays healthy and we got DJ Moore and we got Robbie Anderson, if we put all those pieces together, that'll be enough to have success with Baker. It's like, no, the system isn't built for that. It's one of the really interesting things about the Colts this year. For years, we pointed at the Colts and said they were just a quarterback away. If we just got them the quarterback, that would be all that it would take. And what we have realized over the course of the past couple of seasons is it was just they needed just a little bit more than the quarterback, even though that's all that we thought that they needed. And so from a quarterback perspective, and when it comes to talking about first-round talent, not giving them another chance, and, oh, we have to get our guy so early. For all intents and purposes, there is no reason, there's no logical reason why Desmond Ritter, um, Matt Corral, Malik Willis is done, but that's because we've seen Malik Willis just be trash this year. But those are three really good examples of just because you don't draft quarterback in the first round doesn't mean that you can't let let someone grow in the system and become what you need. Jordan Love is, was a first-round pick, but what the Packers decided to do with Jordan Love should be something that people should do more often, but we got away from that so, so quickly. So my tension is over. Willie, what are your thoughts? All right. On my first pick on the Colts topic, they're cursed. So it doesn't matter what they do with quarterback. They're cursed. Second of all, we do have to get away from the mantra that you got to pick your guy in the first round. I understand the top. You want the best overall talent. In most cases, that is in the first round. I get it. At the same time, you... I think it goes back to evaluations. And there's no way I can sit on my couch and time and time again see that this guy's not a first-rounder and these guys are getting paid millions and cannot do it. I'm not saying I can do their job. I'm not going to lie to you like that. My ego isn't that big. I just find it preposterous that time and time again, we see teams take a quarterback in the first round, and I'm like, huh? Why? What are you doing? But I, I get I get the mantra. I, 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 I get the thought process. First thing you got to have is a quarterback. Second thing you got to have is somebody to go get their quarterback. Then you got to have somebody to protect your quarterback. That's That's the order of business. Unless you're the Cincinnati Bengals, then you go get a wide receiver and don't worry about protecting your quarterback. It's worked out. 
And that's the sad thing about it. It's worked out. So let me interrupt you real quick. I think that's part of the problem. The mantra is flawed. You don't need to go get your quarterback first. You need to build your team first. Because if you build your team and then get your quarterback, you will have greater success. You have to. Yes. Yes. You it if you really want to do it, you really want to build it. Like I said, build up the team. Win a Super Bowl with a rookie, with a with a quarterback on a rookie deal, and then from there you let the chips fall where they may. That's the ideal scenario. That's the ideal scenario, if you can pull it off. But let's be real: a lot of teams don't even have the football team together to even win with a rookie quarterback. But you can find talent elsewhere in the draft. You can find at 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 worst adequate quarterback talent in later rounds. Dak Prescott, much as I don't really care for how much he's getting paid, I try to stay out of grown man pockets. You can't name 10 quarterbacks playing better than him right now. He's a fourth round pick. Like you said about Jared Goff, I told you Jared Goff was garbage from jump. And on a Matt Corral standpoint, it had nothing to do with where he was drafted. I just didn't think he was that good coming from college anyway. Like we talked about with me saying the word garbage. Garbage is based off of what you are asked to do and what I see on the field. A lot of these quarterbacks, from what I saw on the field, no. No, because if I'm drafting, something like this, this is my mom. This is my standpoint. It may not be yours. It may not be anybody else. If I'm drafting you in the top five, you better be a Hall of Famer. I better think you're a Hall of Famer. So if I'm, dra- if I'm drafting you in the top five, you better. I better think. You ain't got to be because you're, you're a player. Stuff happens, injuries, all the good stuff. I better believe I'm drafting a Hall of Famer. So, not feeling the need. You don't feel a need in the top five. I don't care if you have five defensive tackles on your roster that are good. If the best player on the board is a defensive tackle, well, somebody got to go. Somebody can get traded because can draft another one. I don't care. You should not be drafting for quote unquote need that early unless you have a need that falls in line with the, with the progression of talent or, in, or how your draft board is set up. So here's the problem with your mindset. I don't think you're wrong. I think the biggest issue that you run into is generally, generally, the same five to 10 teams are always drafting that high. And so for the the idea being that they're going to be drafting a Hall of Famer and they should think that at a certain point, you can't keep drafting Hall of Famers because some ain't working. Like at the end of the day, Jacksonville. Jacksonville had the number one pick in back-to-back years. And if I'm not mistaken, they had like top three last year, top like – 
They were number one last year because they picked Trevon Walker. You're right. Who we haven't heard from at all this season, but keep going. But yeah, they they have had back to back um top number one picks. They had um the ninth pick in 2020. The seventh pick in 19 and 18 was a year that they didn't have, they only had 29. But I think that was the year that they, um, 2017 was the year that they had an actually really good year. But going back in 2017, they drafted number four. So in the past five years, they've drafted top 10 four of those five years. Cleveland is always there. The Giants have been consistently there. The Jets have been consistently there. And that goes to because these picks haven't panned out. Now, granted, only 50% of first-round picks do. But also the same thing that goes back to what we have talked about, which is a different subject, but kind of similar. The University of Texas and why they haven't put nobody in the pros as of late. Not literally nobody, but not a lot of people. Player development. That sounds like those organizations have a problem developing and getting players better. Because I understand these are professional grown men. But also part of your job as a coach is to develop them and get them better. And those organizations apparently are not doing that. And that's why they are where they are. Granted, like I said, much as I don't really care for that, that has gotten better, except when he plays a team with a defensive pulse. Michael Gallup has gotten better. CD, I don't really care for him, has gotten better. Don Schultz has gotten better. Curse, our safety, has gotten better. Players are getting better. Are you developing these players that you are getting, or you're just like, oh, they're a first-round pick. They got all this talent. They got it. I don't, I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the building. But you hit a day, you hit the nail on the head. There's some teams that's been consistently picking at the top of the order, and for some reason they're not developing their players. I don't know why, because I'm not in the building. But something is not getting developed there. And I think that's one thing that gets completely overlooked is the coaching and development of players. Are they getting better under you? Are they coming back in the offseason looking better? But they're looking the same. Yeah. We've gone a whole lot further away from Baker, but like when it comes to Baker, I am a Baker guy. I will not try and act as if I'm not biased towards Baker. I am happy that the Rams picked him up. I'm happy that he will get a chance to um, finish out the season on a team. He will probably be the starter. Um, I don't expect much. I think that the Rams are not a very good team at this point. Um, I feel like next year he'll probably be a backup. 
and I'm a-okay with him being a backup. If I was him, I would go be a backup at, like, the Bills or somewhere that, like, I don't have to do much work. I'll get paid and just, like, go have fun, go to Miami, go to Tampa Bay. Um, But... It, it's a really awkward and sad situation because he he had such a promising career and if it went left so quickly because he got hurt and they I fought the Browns for part of this. They trotted him back out there understanding that if he didn't play well enough, he wasn't going to get a contract. And so I have no doubt that the Browns are like, we don't really want to pay you. So, yeah, keep playing. Because for as poorly as he was playing, understanding that he was hurt, there was no reason to put him back on, on the field. But they did it anyway. Especially considering the fact that the previous season, he led your team to the playoffs. When everything was going right and you had everything going, he led you to the playoffs. And it just didn't work out, and it's it's gone really bad so quickly. But that's all we have to say about Baker. There's one last quarterback, Willie, that I want to talk to you about before we get out of here, and this is just because it is hilarious. It is hilarious. So, Willie. Yes. The last thing that I want to talk to you about was Modern Warfare came out on <laughs> October 27th, 2022. Nope. 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 Oh. In nope. that time, the Arizona Cardinals are 0 3. No. He ain't won, bro. And he was hurt. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. Hopefully he can turn this thing around. But the fact that that, that man has not won a game. No. No. <laughs> video game came out. You don't got nothing to say, Willie? You don't got nothing to say? Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Look, I'm going to say is this. Uh, (laughs) They paid him. They paid him. They paid him. You paid him. I mean, he hasn't played well. Okay, so. Dude had the worst interception in, in playoff history. Well, no, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say in the game right after it came out against Minnesota, he had 326 with three touchdowns, but he had two interceptions. They lost 26 to 34. He has not thrown for more. He has not thrown for 200 yards in the two games since then. Hmm. So, uh, well, that is all the time we have for the All-Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. We thank you for listening. And you know what? 
It's almost Christmas time. Have a great holiday, and we will holler at you later. Have a good one.